the human eye is being re replaced with camera systems. Most of these machines are now trying to see and understand the world. Um, that's how the, the whole uh, trajectory is going. On this episode of Embedded Insiders, we're discussing why multi-camera synchronization is a key feature in cameras that enable industrial robotics, retail applications, autonomous mobility, and more with Maharan Verhabu, co-founder and vice president of product design services at Econ Systems. Next, Haiku Hotel, VP of software products at Harman International, joins us to discuss his company's role in the Eclipse Foundation's recent SDV working group, which has formed in an effort to develop an open source hardware platform that can be used in today's software-defined vehicles. But first, Embedded Computing Design is hosting our Smart Manufacturing Day focused on AI and machine learning-infused automation and manufacturing on March 12th. Stay tuned to hear more about the virtual event. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Embedded Insiders podcast. I'm Tiara Oliver, Associate Editor at Embedded Computing Design, and as you can probably tell, I gave Rich and Ken the day off so I could tell you about the upcoming virtual event we're having in March. By now, most of us in the embedded space know what smart manufacturing is and what it means for the industry, but there are new advances in technology happening all the time. This year, we're, of course, bringing you a host of experts who will impart their valuable knowledge and experience in the field, but we'll also be zooming in on the use of artificial intelligence in the industrial field and what it means for the future of smart manufacturing. For this event, we'll be hearing from Industry 5.0 leader and founder Michael Rada, as well as Thorsten Stremlau, a distinguished engineer and systems principal architect at NVIDIA, and Matthias Huber, Senior Director of Solution Management at Supermicro. This free virtual event is happening on March 12th, but keep an eye out on our website for any updates. Now, here's Maharan Verhabu, co-founder and vice president of product design services at Econ Systems, discussing the key features of multi-camera synchronization and some of his company's solutions that can further support this transition. So I'm Maharajan uh, Virabahu. I'm one of the co-founders of uh, Econ Systems. Uh, so Econ Systems is basically into embedded vision uh, cameras. We've been in business for the past uh, 20 years. This is the 20th year. And we provide camera modules for a number of different applications like autonomous mobile rovers, uh, autonomous uh, retail uh, checkout kiosks, as well as applications in, uh, in robotics. Uh, in agriculture and other areas as well. Uh, so my expertise is is basically uh, more on the embedded software, uh, and I I work a lot on uh, image uh, camera imaging um, as well. Can you explain what multi-camera synchronization is, and you know maybe why it's important in the context of camera systems? So uh, basically, like you have seen, cameras have moved away from just uh, recording a video and capturing images. Now, now cameras are being used as uh, actual vision systems where some, uh, some data is taken out and being processed, uh, right? So a lot of applications uh, depend on camera as vision systems. 
Now, when we talk about vision systems, I can actually see two main areas where multiple cameras are required. So one area is when I want to do a 3D reconstruction of a, of a particular object, or if I have to understand how far that object is from me, or like various points in that object, how far it is from me, and I can see it in a 3D format, right? Uh, so with a single camera, the output is more uh, in a 2D format. So I need at least two cameras, uh, just like a pair of eyes that we have, so that I can triangulate and understand the depth and, and the 3D part of the object itself. So there are options where I can use two cameras. There are uh, situations where there'll be more than two cameras used to do this. So this is one area where multiple cameras are being used. The other area is to understand our surrounding and understanding the scene better. So one uh, camera, you, you may not have the, the full uh, uh, field of view. Like you cannot have a 360 degree field of view without distortions with a single camera and lens combination. Of course, there are 360-degree kind of lenses, but it's with a lot of distortion. So what if I have to understand a scene which is spread out? And uh, I want to understand that at a particular instant, how the scene is. How do I reconstruct this whole scene, which is around me? So how does synchronization impact the overall performance and functionality of a camera system? So when I'm trying to... Uh, synchronize multiple cameras uh, in, in one single host, I have to take the data from these multiple cameras uh, into that uh, system, into that host processor itself, right? So when there are multiple streams coming, and if I am trying to get multiple 4K streams or multiple HD streams, um, I, need to, I need to make sure my processing is good enough so that I'm able to process the, these multiple camera frames uh, simultaneously inside. There should also be, uh, um, I mean, there should also be features in the hardware to accept these multiple uh, uh, streams simultaneously and, and do the processing as well. Now, after I capture these images from multiple cameras, each of these images, although they are captured at the same instant and they are in the same environment, the white balance of these different cameras might be a, diff a bit off, a bit different. So when I'm, if I'm trying to do a 360-degree stitching or if I'm trying to stitch these images together, we can see some color variations uh, uh, as well uh, when, I'm, when I'm trying to combine these images. So this is another area where the performance and functionality has to be uh, taken into account and we need to uh, do some processing, post-processing to make sure everything uh, is okay. These are a the couple of areas where I can think of how synchronization affects uh, the impacts overall performance. But from a use case perspective, uh, combining these images actually gives a lot of uh, a lot of room for algorithms uh, to uh, from the processing point of view. So, are there any common you know software tools or software techniques in multi-camera systems? Yes, actually, when I'm using multi-camera systems, um, I can do a synchronization over software, or I can do using hardware. So there are two ways to do it. Uh, in a software synchronized uh, methodology, uh, the latency becomes a big question. Now I can have the, all the firmware running on these cameras receive a particular command so that they start, uh, they, I mean, they start the frame capture. Uh, so it's basically the exposure has to start and you start capturing the frame itself. Uh, now, if I'm having a software, uh, there are delays and latencies in the software uh, inherent to each of these cameras. So it will not be like a perfect sync uh, when a software sync is used. 
so in many cases we prefer a hardware sync uh, so a hardware sync is more cleaner and uh, you can expect a more frame uh, i mean perfectly synchronized uh, frames coming out of all these cameras and in hardware sync also there are a couple of ways how we can achieve this so we can have like a master uh, signal a clock a trigger pulse kind of a signal which which goes through all the cameras and uh, these cameras have some something like a strobe where once you once the signal comes in uh, the the actual capture starts happening and if i am giving the signal to all these cameras uh, then all of them will start the frame capture uh, simultaneously in that particular uh, millisecond or microsecond now uh, this is one way of doing it the other way is to have one master and multiple slaves where you can have this one master send the trigger pulse uh, to the all the other uh, cameras so that all the other cameras are synced with the master and and the capture uh, happens so in in this case from the stroke from the signal to the capture that time is more deterministic and so it it will not be like software so these are the various techniques how we do uh, synchronization in cameras uh, from software as well as hardware so when it comes to multi-camera systems that are out there today, can you explain some of the camera systems or the multi-camera systems that Econ Systems has out right now and maybe how they're how they differ from maybe some of your competitors? So we are offering a number of different uh, multi-camera systems like in our uh, website, uh, we have a whole uh, division allocated to multiple camera systems. And one of the main uh, processing platforms that we uh, use is uh, uh, is NVIDIA. So we have uh, multi-camera systems attached to a NVIDIA uh, processing platform. And there are right from two cameras, four cameras, uh, six and even eight cameras uh, connected to a, uh, connected to a NVIDIA processing and JITSON platform. And uh, we, we also provide the entire software stack where all these cameras are synchronized and we are able to receive uh, receive these uh, frames into the system. And these development kits are basically ready to buy uh, from our website. So you, uh, any anyone who's going to explore this, if they are trying out new things, uh, they can go to our website, look for our multi-camera systems. We have a camera selector page where we, they can choose what are the requirements and pick the right system for them and buy. And it comes along with the software for them to play around. And apart from that, we also have a, a 360 degree stitching algorithm, which stitches all these images. Uh, and we also have worked with applications uh, where we give a 360 degree view of an autonomous mobile rover or an autonomous vehicle uh, and things like that. So these are software stacks which are readily available, uh, which we give to customers on request. So if we have a customer who is looking for uh, to build a system like that, we can give a demo of, of these uh, uh, ready, ready-made software stacks on top of these uh, hardware platforms um, that we are selling right off our, off our website. So one of the key uh, differentiations uh, that I would say that Econ has is uh, the number of different multi-camera options that we have and all the ready-made software um, as well as application stack uh, that is available on top of it. Um, and our experience in working with multiple different customers uh, to to perfect this uh, uh, these algorithms that we have on top. So I think that's a big differentiation I would like to point out. Awesome. So you mentioned some of the different industries and some of the dis different customers and all of your different camera solutions. So aside from 
the autonomous vehicles and autonomous robots that you previously mentioned, are there any other industries that your cameras are best optimized for? Yes, we have we have been using it for like uh, like remote driving uh, applications where a 360 degree view has to be very seamless so that there's no that remote driver fatigue uh, uh, does not come into play. So, so that is one area. We have used this in retail uh, uh, areas as well, where we have uh, used in applications where we have used an autom autonomous uh, checkout kind of applications where we have uh, multiple cameras on, a, on an tail. Uh, we have these on, on, on rovers going inside a retail store, which does like inventory checking. So multiple cameras uh, in that as well. Uh, and there is an interesting use case in sports, uh, which we have dealt with as well. So we have worked with cameras where uh, where there is a big camera system which does capturing of, a, of an entire sports field. Uh, it could be soccer, it could be tennis, it could be uh, any kind of sport, but it could capture the entire, uh, entire ground uh, or the playing field. Um, and there are multiple cameras involved. And it's a, it's a happening uh, it's a happening place. So it's a sport. It's the people are moving, but with a synchronized camera setup, you can capture all these frames and stitch them into a into a uh, into a larger video uh, itself. So we we have worked on applications uh, in sports um, as well, and also in some agriculture. Uh, again, when I talk about agriculture, it's 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 basically the tractors or equipments which are which are on the field, uh, which are used for deweeding. And, and things like that. So that is another area where we have used multiple cameras uh, to detect depth um, and also to understand the surrounding. And then in your opinion, how do you see the role and growth of multi-camera synchronization evolving you know, in the future? And are there any trends or challenges that you foresee? See, for me, the way I'm seeing it is, uh, um, like 10, 15 years back, like when we started, uh, when, when cameras uh, started becoming more and more common in the embedded devices, right? Uh, more often than not, it was just one camera. But nowadays, any product that we take, uh, there are multiple cameras in each of the product that we're using. For instance, even a cell phone, right? A small cell phone has more than two cameras today. And if you take the automotive, um, there are like eight cameras, 16 cameras, and the count keeps on, keeps on increasing. Um, and this is the same thing I'm seeing with every application. They want more and more sensors. One of the reasons is because these sensors are becoming more and more cost-effective. Uh, they are consuming lesser and less, less power as the technology keeps improving, right? And most of the processing systems today accept a number of camera inputs inside them as well. So multi-camera is what is going to be the future. Like any product that we take, I think we have to deal with multiple cameras. Uh, and some of these applications may not require a synchronization per se, but they would uh, at least require, uh, I mean, working uh, working together, all these cameras working together, getting all the feed. But there will be more and more applications where synchronization is coming into play because the human eye is being re replaced with camera systems. Most of these machines are now trying to see and understand the world. Um, that's how the, the whole uh, trajectory is going. And when that comes into play, more than uh, one camera, which are synchronized, is very much required so that they understand the 3D part of the world, number one, and also the uh, understand understand the world around them much better. So I think it's going to go on a ramp. 
And what I would recommend is uh, if, if anyone is trying to work on these uh, camera systems, I think they should start playing around with multiple cameras, uh, synchronizing the images, and working on algorithms which can which can improve this or which can take advantage of this multiple camera synchronization. And if anyone is interested, I would recommend them to 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 play around with the kit and understand this better. Um, so nothing like trying it out. Now, Rich and Heiko Hotel, VP of Software Products at Harman International, take a look inside one of the top trends in the embedded space, software-defined vehicles. So the first question has to do with the build or buy question that we come across all the time. What are the challenges that your team faces when making this decision? Uh, good question. Uh, at the end, I usually tell people we should stop talking about make or buy. We should start thinking about make by partner open source proof in, in, in that. At the end, there is, besides automotive, there are other industries we are all aware of. Um, and they have solved tons of problems the automotive industry has. Um, so when it comes to constrained edges, what a vehicle certainly is, um, you need certain smaller footprints of software. You need certain more hardening, more secure, more safety. But at the end, you need the same technologies as in clouds, as you have on a different other places. So that's why I truly believe um, making things on your own, well, only if it really differentiates you. So what excites you and your team most about working with software design vehicle, software defined vehicle platforms? Yeah, at the end, I'm, I, I keep on calling it the third automotive revolution. And uh, I think the shift from our heritage to, to honest of hardware defined to software defined introduces a totally new paradigm in how we need to think about. And that's why I truly believe that <clears throat> the shift from that basically your software is defining the hardware you need in the vehicle is, is clearly a huge one. And if we compare it back to the early 2000s, where if you have been in the data center business, you discussed religiously about Sun, IBM, Oracle, DB2, and all of these things. And nowadays, what do you discuss? Cloud. And basically, what is a cloud? A cloud is a software-defined data center. And the issue is software-defined vehicle. We have not come up with a fancy name like cloud for it. So that's why people potentially don't get it. But at the end, it's the same story. And this is this is where, where I truly believe in that revolution. And um if we take a look at data centers and uh, what happened there, the trend towards cloud, it's two major open source projects which paved the way. One is Linux, the other one is Kubernetes. And clearly, now with the Eclipse Foundation, STV Group, for example, we have we have all the power in our hands to shape that future. It would have it would have been stupid to not do that. What are some of the bigger challenges that your team faces? Uh, when designing for the software divine vehicle. So people believe they need hardware on their desks to test out software. You no, you don't need that. You simulate nearly everything in the cloud, but you need to design for it. And this is 
this is again this this fancy shift from hardware defined to software defined that we we need to understand that the design of our hardware needs to follow how we think about the software and that because it changes drastically your time to business your time to market and the way you develop software and also the costs associated with it and this is why the future is software defined in i would say close to every industry uh are you currently using open source software as part of your technology sometimes i think people don't even recognize it but most of the people are using open source software when it comes to actually to linux being used in automotive as the operating system for infotainment when it comes even to android automotive android automotive has open source pieces and some of our tool chains container runtimes applications and so on so we use tons of open sources clearly yes we do use open source we have not been as harm and not that vocal in in participating in such um communities but with our official launch and february 6th we are changing that drastically and will be vocal about it even even becoming a strategic member of the sdg working can you talk about that a little bit? I mean, obviously this is going to be used in in April. So something that you're announcing in February, um, we won't talk about. At the end, um, we, we are, we have signed all of the documents, but we agreed to send out a um, press release on February 6th that we A, joining the Eclipse Foundation, B, joining the SDV working group as a strategic member. Oh, nice. And over, over emphasizing on our, um, commitment to open source that we also contributing some some of our current software assets to the Ellipse Foundation. Excellent. Okay. What are the most important skills that a developer should have who's looking to get involved in software defined vehicles? It's, it's actually there's a there are two two things coming together. If you take a look at the automotive community currently being used to to develop stuff embedded. Um, I encourage these people to take a look at cloud native as an overarching term and especially container technology, um, Kubernetes and so on, how things are built there. Rust as a programming language will play a very, very important role in that world in the future. Um, so these are these are the technology portions and then also the thinking of distributed applications of uh, adaptive application behavior are things where where people coming out of the automotive world need to actually start more and more thinking about how how can some of the heavy lifting you don't need to in the cloud also be eliminated within everything vehicle at that point why are you joining that working group for me it's important um, that we collaborate on things which only need to be done once. And very simple example, building an automotive grade container runtime that can be done once in open source. Um, I truly believe that everything we see in in underneath a certain user experience, there there is not much to differentiate. And then then it's a clear sign that you can actually do that open source and you should do that open source because um, we all live in a world full, full of, of resource constraints, full of timelines we need to meet and so on. So everything which is, let's say, pre-built is helping you to achieve your goals in terms of reaching SOPs and stuff like that. Excellent. 
if if we were to have this conversation two years from now, what would the issues we'd be looking at? Oh, I think one is clearly how to bring that bunch of fancy tier one supply, including Harman, of course, uh, together to uh, not think that uh, the other one is trying to rip them off. So I hope that we are not uh, that we are talking about how did we overcome this challenge. Um, second, um, I would clearly be happy to hear about that we have a wonderful reference distribution out there, which is able to fully end-to-end -end show how software in a native fashion can be built in automotive. I'm dreaming, but I think uh, it should be doable. Thanks for listening to this edition of Embedded Insiders. For more daily news, videos, and podcasts, visit our website at embeddedcomputing.com.